0: Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 155 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we will be talking about something a little different. Now, this still has to do with your investing right? But it's a bit more nuanced. It's a bit more, uh, you know, I I talked yesterday about something that's really simple. I talked the day before about something that's really simple, uh, but today is a little more nuanced. It's a little uh, different of a topic because uh, this has to do with investing, but uh, investing in a way where you can cover your medical expenses. Now, uh, this is called the health savings account, the HSA, and I'm going to dig into what HSAs are, why they are so valuable to you, and why if you are eligible to have an HSA, you should definitely be taking advantage of it in any way that you can. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify Podcasts, then be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at M-N-O with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long-form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to walk through your financial life, to create a financial plan that is specific to yours and your family situation and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just go to my website, www. M-N-O with Dylan.com, click on the work with Dylan tab, and you can choose the financial coaching session type that would work best for you. And we can begin pushing towards your long term financial goals together. So we have talked about tax advantaged investment accounts before, right? We've talked about uh, 401ks, we've talked about uh, you know, IRAs, we've talked about Roth 401ks, Roth IRAs, Roth 403Bs. A traditional Roth, you know, the, the differences, all these different types of things. We've talked about tax-advantaged accounts uh, say in saving for your children's college. We've talked about those types of things as well. Uh, but specifically in today's episode, we are going to talk about a tax-advantaged account uh, that has more tax advantages than any other account there is out there. Uh, and that is the health savings account or the HSA. And uh, the HSA is what they call triple tax advantage and we'll get into why that is uh, but this triple tax advantage is a huge part of the reason why HSAs should be taken advantage of if at all possible but first and foremost what is an hsa an hsa or a health savings account is a handy way to save for medical expenses and reduce your taxable income right but not everyone can or maybe should uh, have an hsa or sign up for a health insurance plan that is required to open an hsa see Not everyone can have an HSA. HSAs are specific to certain types of these uh, health insurance plans, right? Uh, And typically it is the high deductible type of health insurance plan. Now, why is that the case? Because uh, a high deductible, right? For those of you who don't know insurance lingo, right? Deductibles are the amount that you have to pay before the insurance company pays anything. And so if the deductible is higher, right? Naturally, the monthly costs, the premiums are going to be lower uh, in most cases. But what is also going to be the case is you're going to have to cover a lot of things before your insurance company covers anything. And given these high deductible plans, uh, what the federal government decided, right, when they passed all this, you know, healthcare legislation and, uh, you know, these high deductible plans and talked about what uh, should be involved in them, they allowed the people who have high deductible plans uh, to involve themselves to own an HSA. And the reason that they did that is because they know that these individuals are going to have to pay those deductibles over time uh, if something is to occur. So they wanted to give them a tax advantage savings vehicle through which they could decide, hey, I want uh, to pay for my medical expenses, right? But I don't want to just pay for them directly out of pocket. I want some advantage to signing up for a higher deductible plan. And it's just a benefit of these higher deductible plans, but it turns out for many people to be a huge benefit, and we'll talk about why. But qualifying for an HSA, if you are enrolled in a high deductible health insurance plan, right, you may see it as HDHP somewhere, high deductible health plan, right, as defined by the government, you can qualify for an HSA. These plans are redefined each year by the IRS, which determines the minimum deductible that they must have and the maximum amount a plan holder can spend out of pocket. Right, you can find those amounts on healthcare.gov, right? That's where uh, individuals can go and shop their health insurance plans. Uh, But bear in mind, some plans have high deductibles, but don't qualify for an HSA. So you wanna look for any plans that are tagged with the HSA eligible or health savings account eligible tag uh, when you are purchasing health insurance or looking for a new health insurance option. Uh, that has an HSA now the HSA uh, qualified plans the high deductible plans uh, just a, a quick aside as to whether or not you should have one or you should be taking advantage of an HSA in most cases right If you're very healthy, an HSA qualified plan is going to be something that is beneficial to you because the likelihood of you ever meeting your deductible is really, really low. Or the likelihood of you ever paying much toward health insurance at all is really, really low. Or if you're very young, right, and you're in very good health, uh, then an an HSA qualified plan may be uh, something that is good for you. Or if you are extremely uh, sick, right, maybe extremely sick, or you have... Uh, a lot of healthcare needs where every year you know you're going to meet the deductible. You know you're going to surpass that deductible every single year. Well, if you know that you're going to do that anyway, uh, then you might as well minimize your premiums with a high deductible plan and uh, get the tax advantages of the HSA as well. But if you kind of fall in the middle to where like you're pushing up against the deductible every now and then, and you know, you're spending a good bit on healthcare but not as much, then an, an HSA qualified plan might not be what's best for you. But uh, for a large number of people, this can be extremely beneficial. So let's talk uh, about exactly what is involved in the HSA. So the HSA is basically this savings account, right? And I say savings account very lightly because this money can and should be invested uh, if at all possible. But uh, this type of account can either be open uh, through you know, your employer, right? Because if your employer is offering you some uh, you know high deductible health care plan, Uh, That is HSA qualified. They're likely going to offer you some type of HSA to, uh, you know, start and pay into. Uh, But you might see if you can use one on your own and have more flexibility to open one on your own because with most banks, you can open an HSA or with some brokerage houses, you can open HSAs as well. Uh, And so you want to have as much control over the HSA as possible because you want to be investing it. We'll talk about why that is, but uh, it's basically an investment or a savings account uh, for medical expenses. And the way it works is the following. If I am putting money into an HSA and I'm systematically putting money in, the money that I'm putting in is pre-tax, right? I'm putting money in before taxes in a similar way to the traditional IRA. If you'll remember, uh, the traditional IRA You put in pre-tax money, the money grows tax-deferred, meaning you pay no taxes while the money grows, and then when you take it out later, you pay taxes. Well, I'm just talking about the front end of that when you're making the contributions and you're getting the tax deduction, right? In the same way, any money you put into an HSA is going to be tax-deductible to you. It is a pre-tax contribution within that year, and so you can take that off of your taxable income uh, when you file your taxes, which is a a huge advantage in and of itself uh, but it is only one of the three tax advantages that you are going to get with the HSA. So you put money in, it's pre-tax, you get the tax deduction, right? And then while that money grows within the HSA, that's why I said it is important to have it invested because uh, you know we talk a lot about Roth IRAs. Well, with Roth IRAs, what do we like? We like the fact that they grow tax-free. And so when they grow tax-free, uh, that means that any of the gains that you make, Uh, are not going to be taxed well in the same way with an hsa you can invest money within an hsa and grow it tax-free right it's going to grow tax-free for you so if it's in some type of savings account that's going to make you know one or two percent if that uh then that may not be really beneficial or not be taking advantage of uh, the full benefit of the hsa we should be investing our hsas uh, in a similar way as to how we would invest uh, a roth ira or uh, a 401k or things of the like so uh, you're going to get that upfront, you know, that pre-tax contribution, you're going to get the tax break upfront, right? You're going to get that tax deduction. Then it is going to grow tax-free. So it's got both the characteristics of the Roth IRA in the tax-free growth and uh, of the traditional IRA in the pre-tax contributions. And then, right, you would think, well, on the back end, of course, they're going to make you pay some taxes, right? Wrong. Tax-free payments for qualified medical expenses. Now, you heard the end of that, for qualified medical expenses, okay, but you can take that money out like uh, you would with a Roth IRA, and it's tax-free, right? Grows tax-free. You take it out tax-free, but the only difference is you get that uh, traditional IRA type of benefit at the front, where it is a pre-tax contribution. So you take the money out, and you can use it for qualified medical expenses. So basically, anything going to the doctor, paying for surgeries, paying for um, you know pregnancies, any any type of qualified medical expense, uh, and that is a very broad. Uh, term and you would have to see how it is uh, defined by your specific health care plan. Uh, but that is the triple tax advantage. You get a tax advantage on the front end while it's growing and when you take the money out. And you cannot find this within other retirement account types. You cannot find other retirement accounts that are going to have a triple tax advantage. Now, does this mean that you should put all of your money into an HSA? Absolutely not. And why is that? Because, right, it's for qualified medical expenses. We shouldn't be putting away as much money as we can for qualified medical expenses, especially when we are relatively healthy, right? Uh, They can be useful over the long term. We're going to talk about uh, how that is, especially if you're accumulating a lot of money within them, Uh, especially if you're healthy right now. You may say, well, why do I need to put money in an HSA? It can benefit you. Just hold on to that thought. Uh, But if you're having to pay your deductible in any way, uh, then you can do it with money that's already saved up and have no tax implications of doing so. And, and not only have no tax implications of paying from that account, but you will have a tax benefit of the fact that you put money in. So really, let's say you're in a 25% tax bracket, right? And uh, you put uh, you know, $500 into an HSA, and let's say it didn't grow at all, but you put $500 into an HSA, well, you get a tax break on that $500. So really you, you get to decrease your taxable income uh, by 25% of uh, that 500. So that's going to be $125. So really when you take that $500 out on the back end, that $500 only cost you $375. Okay. So that is a benefit to you. Uh, but again, it can only be used for qualified medical expenses. They give you these benefits. Then they say, Hey, only for qualified medical expenses, which is fine. And we're going to get to why it is fine uh, as we move forward because as you get older, there are more benefits that you can take advantage of. Now, how can the HSA really benefit you, right? How can, how can the HSA, other than the, the free qualified medical expenses that you're going to have, and they're not free, right? You're saving for them. And then you can spend that money on them. Uh, How can uh, the HSA help you as you age? Well, obviously, uh, as your costs get higher for your uh, medical expenses, then you can use the HSA uh, to continuously pay for them. But let's say you never really had high healthcare costs and you get to retirement and you've been relatively healthy, you've been very blessed and you get to this point in retirement and you're like, well, I got all this money in an HSA. It's grown tax-free. I've had it invested well. I have a substantial amount of money in an HSA. Uh, What can it help me do? Why, Why is it useful at this point? Well, let's go down the list. First, it can help you bridge to Medicare. Okay, so if you retired prior to age 65, you may still need healthcare coverage to help you bridge the gap to Medicare eligibility at age 65. Generally, HSAs cannot be used to pay for private health insurance premiums, but there are two exceptions, paying for healthcare coverage purchased through an employer-sponsored plan under COBRA and paying premiums while receiving unemployment compensation and this is true at any age, but may be helpful if you lose your job or decide to start working before age 65. So it can help you bridge the gap until you get to Medicare. And uh, that is extremely useful. Now, when you get to age 65, you can no longer put money in to an HSA, right? Uh, You, you get to age 65, you get to Medicare, no more putting money in to an HSA, but the money that you have in the HSA obviously can keep growing for you and it can cover your Medicare premium. So you can use the HSA to pay certain Medicare expenses, including premiums for Part B. So uh, a lot of people don't know Medicare has several parts. Part A uh, is going to cover uh, your hospital bills, uh, 80%. Part B is gonna cover uh, your other you know, doctor's expenses and medical expenses. Uh, and you have to pay for Part B based on what your income is. And those Part B uh, expenses, those Part B premiums, Uh, can be paid by your HSA. And then also your Part D prescription drug coverage can also be paid for with your HSA, but not supplemental uh, Medigap policy premiums. You cannot pay for those. Uh, But for retirees over age 65 who have employer-sponsored health coverage, an HSA can be used to pay for your share of those costs as well. So if you're over the age of 65 and you have employer-sponsored health coverage uh, and you're paying for premiums for that, then the HSA can be used in that way as well. So those are two good benefits already, right? Help bridge to Medicare, cover Medicare premiums, but it gets even better. And why does it get better? Because it can also be used to cover part of the cost for a tax-qualified long-term care insurance policy. And this is big, right? And those of you who are young may not be thinking about it, but those of you uh, who are getting closer and closer to retirement might want to think about this. And I've talked about it a tad bit before, uh, and that is the idea of long-term care insurance. A Long-term care insurance is just going to be uh, something that you pay for in order to cover your long-term care facility needs if and when you need them as you age. Uh, and if you end up needing a long-term care facility, uh, you can pay for those, right? At least part of those uh, costs out of your HSA. And you can do this at any age, but the amount that you can use increases as you get older. And again, that, that is extremely beneficial because... Long-term care insurance policies are expensive. Long-term care insurance policies have higher premiums, and so you should uh, be taking advantage of this if you have an HSA and you can use it for this reason, then you should absolutely be doing so. Now, all of these very, very good uh, things, very, very good um, you know advantages that individuals can have if they have HSAs. But let's talk about this fourth one, right? And this fourth advantage in retirement to an HSA is a huge one, and it is a a big reason why you want this money invested. And it is, you can use the HSA to pay for other expenses. So once you hit age 65, you can use the HSA, any money you have in an HSA, again, you cannot put money in after you're on Medicare at age 65, but you can use your HSA to pay for any non-qualified medical expenses, including buying a boat, for example, right? So that's non-qualified, right? So really any expenses at all, you can use this money, right? But you will not get to take full advantage of the tax savings as you will be required to pay state and federal taxes on the distribution. So basically what this turns into, right? If you hold an HSA to age 65, it turns into a traditional IRA now, why, how, how does that work? Why, why is it like that, right? Obviously, you can still be paying for uh, qualified medical expenses out of it and getting those tax advantages, but any money that you use to pay for whatever you want and spend on whatever you want is treated like a traditional IRA, and here's why. Because if you'll remember, when you put money in, it was pre-tax, right? When you put money in to this HSA, you got the tax deduction, same way you do with a traditional IRA or any other traditional type of retirement account. The money grew. And it grew tax-free. Now, uh, in the similar way, uh, a traditional IRA is going to grow tax-deferred, but uh, tax-free growth turns into tax-deferred growth if you have to pay taxes later on right? Well, this is going to make you pay taxes on that money when you take it out. It can become income to you, but you can use it for absolutely anything and you are not penalized. And that is so huge because otherwise you would be penalized for taking that money out and using it for anything else. But there's no penalty and you can pay for any other type of expense if you are 65 years of age or older. Huge benefit, right? Huge benefit. So not only can we get a triple tax advantage if we use it for qualified medical expenses. Not only can that happen, uh, but we can end up using it for bridging to Medicare, covering Medicare premiums, covering the cost of long-term care insurance policies, and paying for whatever we want if we are willing to pay the taxes on it, if we are willing to pay the taxes on that money that we took out of the account. And you can see this HSA idea looks better and better by the day, uh, and it is especially helpful we're going to talk a little bit more about contributions here in a moment and it is especially helpful if your employer and a lot of employers decide to do this they decide to uh, put money into the hsa for you put a certain amount in for you and it is not necessarily a matching contribution uh, like a 401k would be although some can set it up that way Uh, a lot of employers just offer to put in a certain amount for you so if nothing else they can put money into an hsa for you over time and if you don't use it uh, you can have this money to use as you age. You can have this money to use uh, for really big and important expenses for you uh, towards retirement. Because some of the biggest expenses for individuals as they age have to do with healthcare, has to do with Medicare, has to do with long term care, right? Has to do with all these different types of things that are surrounding healthcare. And if you have built up substantial assets in an HSA, uh, then you can really benefit from having those assets laying around because you don't have to worry about coming up with the extra income to to pay those expenses that you need to pay or pay those premiums or whatever it may be that you need to pay. You already have that money laying around. You don't have to worry about it. You can just pay it out of your HSA and not worry about it at all. And it will not be taxable to you unless you decide to use that money for whatever the heck you want to use it for after age 65. And so then the question arises, first of all, how much money should you be putting in to an HSA? And number two how much money can you be putting in to an hsa so let's start with the second question right how much money can you be putting in to an hsa well uh, there are contribution limits in the same way that there are contribution limits uh, for iras 401ks any other type of tax advantaged account uh, the hsa is going to have a contribution limit as well and so uh, the hsa contribution limit company and employee. so uh, the money that you put in and the money that your company may put in for you, right? If it's just you, right? If it's just for you, if the health plan is just for you, uh, then you can put in $3,600 a year into an HSA. Uh, so no small uh, catch there. But if you are on a family health insurance plan, uh, then you can put in up to $7,200. So just double uh, the self only contribution. And then if you are 55 years of age or older, so with IRAs or 401ks, the catch-up contributions are 50 years of age or older, but with HSAs, it's 55 or older, then you can put in another 1,000 on top of those amounts. And these amounts for 2021 are 1.5% increase from uh, the contribution limits for 2020. And obviously, contribution limits rise over time simply because people's incomes rise over time, uh, and so they put the contribution limits higher and higher because the needs are going to be higher as time continues to move forward. And so that's how much money you can put into an HSA, but how much money should you be putting in an HSA? Because, I mean, I guess the the big question is, you know, hey, this is very advantageous, right? And some people have access to it and some people don't, uh, but how much money should we really be choosing to put in this type of vehicle well the the fact of it all is that uh there are going to be circumstances that all this money is going to get used for medical expenses which is fine right and you got advantages out of it you got the triple tax advantage out of it uh, and so you end up spending less in real dollar amount on your healthcare expenses than you know you actually would have owed, right? Because you get the tax break on the front end and the the tax free growth and tax free withdrawals uh, for qualified medical expenses. Uh, but the issue is, is that it can all be used on medical expenses. And uh, when you get to sixty five or older, if you do have the money, it does have to be uh, taxed if you take that money out for anything that is not qualified medical expenses. So. Uh, What I would say is if you are in that sixth part of the financial action plan, right? Where uh, we've already paid off our debt, we've already built up our emergency fund, we may be investing in our employer-sponsored retirement account, but we're getting to a point where we are going to start investing at least 15% of our income for our long-term financial future, right? I am going to focus here on two things. I'm going to focus on my retirement accounts slash brokerage accounts if I have enough money uh, to be putting into those things. And I'm going to be focusing on putting money away from my kid's college because that's extremely important too. I am not going to focus on the HSA in the part six of the financial action plan, even though uh, I may put in just a little bit, right? Uh, But I'm not going to put substantial amounts in the HSA at that point. Uh, I may just put in, you know, 50 bucks a paycheck or whatever it may be, or if I need to put in a certain amount to get what my employer will give me, I'll put in that amount, right? Uh, just to make sure that I am I'm building up um, money in the HSA. If I'm even, even able to have an HSA uh, qualified plan at all, right, because many people don't have HSA qualified plans and this whole episode is not uh, relevant to them right now, but uh, it could be in the future, so it is still very, very important. So what I would do is I would wait until part eight of the financial action plan right? If I have an HSA qualified uh, medical plan, I will wait until part eight of the financial action plan. Once I've paid off my home uh, and all of those good things, and I am maxing out every type of investing account that I have, then I'm really going to start leaning into this HSA. I'm going to start trying to max this HSA if I absolutely can, because the more money at that point that I can get, that I will pay zero taxes on ever, because if you Use the money in the HSA for the triple tax advantage. You never pay taxes on this money ever, right? And if I can get money to that point, uh, then that is more beneficial for me over time. And the more assets you can just build up, whether or not it's traditional or Roth, uh, the better. I've told you before in part six, I want you to be building up Roth assets if at all possible. And the nature of the HSA, yes, if you're gonna use it for qualified medical expenses, it's going to have those Roth aspects and the traditional aspects. So it's, it's the perfect... Marriage of benefits. But uh, if you are going to wait until after age 65 and just build it up and then use that money, it is only going to be like a traditional IRA, which is perfectly fine because, hey, that's more money that you have, but it's going to create taxable income for you uh, where you can continue to get uh, tax free income by putting money into a Roth IRA. So I'm not saying at all uh, that the HSA is a bad idea. The HSA is a phenomenal idea. You should be putting money into it. You should. Uh, be putting money away into it. And again, making sure that money is invested and growing for your future. But you shouldn't be putting money in it in lieu of putting money into retirement accounts. Retirement accounts should come first. Your 401ks, your IRAs should come first, right? Because those monies can specifically be used Uh, for anything and everything at any time uh, but you're going to have some restrictions when it comes to the HSA but that is just the nature of tax advantaged accounts like I said before tax advantaged accounts they always give you something and they always take something away so with the HSA what are they giving you they're giving you all these tax advantages but what are they taking away they're taking away your ability to spend it on anything you want or they will give you uh, the ability to spend money after age 65 on whatever you want Right. But we're going to end up taking some taxes from you uh, in doing so. So uh, there's just this this delicate balance of tax advantage accounts to where uh, if you're given something, then you're likely to be uh, taken away something at the exact same time. And so you just have to know and and kind of weigh those costs and the benefits uh, and see what's best for you. But. If you don't have money in your retirement accounts, you are uh, you know, gonna struggle in retirement anyway. You can use your Roth IRA as you get older for medical expenses and that be tax-free for you. Uh, and so even if you don't have a ton of money in your HSA, or your HSA is all dried out by that time. Yes, you can use your Roth IRA for tax-free uh, you know, distributions and use uh, that money for health expenses. So that's perfectly fine. Obviously, you didn't get the front-end uh, pre-tax treatment, the tax deduction, but that's okay, right? But you can build assets to pay for healthcare expenses, uh, but you cannot uh, build assets that will do the same thing that Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, IRAs will do, right? Uh, yes, the HSA can end up acting as a traditional IRA, but not until you're 65 years old, and that's assuming that you still have money in it, and you can't still be putting money in after age 65, whereas a Roth IRA, you can put money in as long as you want to. With the traditional, you can put money in until uh, you get to the point where you have to take required minimum distributions. And so again, just benefits to the HSA relative to IRAs. I would focus on IRAs for retirement investing, but if I start getting to the point where I have extra money uh, to be able to throw into the HSA, right, I'm past that point where I've paid off all my debt, I've paid off my home, I'm debt-free completely, I have all this extra cash flow that I can use, Uh, to invest for the future and I have an HSA qualified plan then I will be throwing uh, money up to the maximum in the HSA because it can be extremely beneficial to you uh, and you can really take advantage of that money over the long term one way or another it is beneficial it is advantage money it is tax advantage money uh, one way or the other and we like tax advantage money so don't get lost uh, in all the minutia know that an HSA can be a good thing an HSA can be extremely useful to you I would use an HSA Uh, If I had an HSA qualified health plan, I do not uh, at the time, but I would definitely use one if I could. So um, just keep that in mind. Check out if you have one. If you have an HSA qualified plan, if you have an HSA through your work and maybe you don't even know about it, if that HSA is not invested, let's get it invested and get it working for your future uh, and just make it to where you have as much money as possible uh, down the road to be able to do the things you need to do and especially do things like pay for qualified medical expenses, which can get so, so high as time continues to wear on. So thanks for watching this episode. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button. Like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there if you haven't done so already. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts then be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms and that'd be greatly appreciated. If you need somebody uh, to help you to build a financial plan that's specific to yours and your family's situation, uh, and you need somebody to keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, I can do that. Just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com. Click on the Work With Dylan tab, and you can choose the financial coaching session type that would work best for you, and we can begin pushing towards your long-term financial goals together. Tune in Monday as I talk about the FIRE movement, the Financial Independence Retire Early movement, that community. And I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of the FIRE movement. And all next week, I'll spend on the FIRE movement. And you can get as much information as you want uh, about this really hot topic uh, in retirement investing today. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.